وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد المبارك وسلم So today I've been given the 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 uh, task of going through the final surahs of the Quran from Surah Al-Fajr all the way to Surah Al-Nas which you know at the um, the best of times is more than impossible but since mashallah uh, chicago is a uh, sharif and there's a lot of um, uh, sharafat and honor in what the people of chicago do i'll try my best to highlight a few points of these um, wonderful surahs that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in this order So there are two orders to the Quran. One is the order of revelation and the other is the order of recitation. So when you recite, you recite in the order that the Prophet ﷺ recited in Salat. And that is why we have this order uh, so that we are in line with the Sunnah and it starts with Surah Al-Fajr. Every Surah of the Qur'an has a central theme and uh, the theme then allows you to weave through the whole Surah, uh, string all the pearls and gems or the ayat of the Surah with one thread and then make it into a magnificent uh, necklace or piece of jewelry that uh, you can there then wear and uh, display uh, for yourself and for others okay so this uh, in, in surah al-fajr you notice the name it's the morning the dawn allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants human beings to understand and appreciate the virtue of time so time is of immense importance as you'll see in today's sequence of surahs inshallah so the morning now reflects a nur uh, from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where the sun then perhaps represents allah himself and the rays from the sun come upon the earth at the time of fajr and then the earth is illuminated at that time and you get through uh, the morning and then the day uh, in the evening through the same light that comes from the sun so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using this as a parable as an example that if you want to get through your day then you must read the surah and see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with people who disobeyed him namely the Fir'aun and then deals with people who obey him namely the nafs mutma'inna the tranquil nafs that when the nafs becomes tranquil and at total peace with its lord then its lord will address uh, the soul on the day of judgment and say irji'i ila rabbiki raghiyatan mardiyya so the whole purpose of life is to ensure that we have a constant relationship with Allah 
that Allah's nur keeps us in check and allows us to finish the day and the day's activities, meaning finish our lives in such a way that we are totally satisfied with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're at peace with Him for being our Lord. And when that happens, He then instructs us on the Day of Judgment to enter His Jannah and enter into the ranks of His servants. Then you have Surat al-Balad, which means the town or the city. This is a formidable uh, concept in the Qur'an of developing society. Meaning that if you have the nur of Fajr, then you will be able to use that nur to navigate the town and the city in which you live. And the town and the city which needs to be developed has a paradigm, it has certain infrastructural rules and regulations and the key there is that you'll have to traverse all the difficult uh, ravines and all the difficult mountains and you'll have to um, bear all the difficulties in life if you're going to make a civilization that becomes into a city that becomes a role model obviously the city referring to Mecca and Medina later on that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the Prophet sallallahu to endure all the difficulties that are needed in order for good citizenship and that requires feeding the poor taking care of the miskeen uh, which is mentioned in this surah so it's a prototype for developing a city and on that city there is a plan for a civilization which believes in formidable values such as sacrifice such as altruism such as giving and such as uh, being connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the civilizational values that come into a Muslim civilization are mentioned here in this surah, the surah which talks about a town, a city, a model place of dwelling which is now representative of Jannah because the last few ayahs of the previous surah talks about Jannah there's also a sequence in the Quran every surah blends into the next surah and the surah which comes after a surah is going to carry on the message of the previous surah so it blends in you're transitioning from one sea to another sea. Then comes the surah, surah the Shams. Surah the Shams, again, a formidable surah. It talks about the sun. And when we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is now perhaps symbolized through the sun here, when he uh, focuses his attention on the nafs, where the key eye in this surah is uh, that Allah swears by the nafs that the person and the ego and the anna that is now mature and developed and is ready to take on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nur and be um, manifested by Allah's nur by the sun's lights that when you're in the sun's light you are exposed so the sun's light exposes both types of people one is the person whose nafs is now developed, refined, 
and is ready to take on Allah's nur. And the other nafs, uh, the other nafs is the nafs that destroys itself, which renders itself uh, not capable of receiving the sun's light and the nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in this surah that you can be this way, you can develop your nafs, or you cannot develop your nafs. If you do not develop your nafs, then your example is like the example of the people who now disobeyed and uh, rejected the word of uh, Salih salam and Thamud, that Thamud was destroyed, idhim ba'atha ashqaha, where the most despicable of the people who disobeyed and disbelieved in Salih uh, was the one who came forth uh, to kill the camel, the she-camel, the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah treats that person with disdain and says, this person totally covered his ability to receive any nur, any guidance from Allah. So hence his nafs is totally destroyed. Whereas on the other side, the nafs of the Anbiya and the Prophets and the Sahaba and the people who openly, uh, openly accepted Allah's word, and then uh, lived by the word and by the code, uh, they are exceptional and they are mentioned in this surah also, which is then followed by Surah Al-Layl, which means darkness and night, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us about the two factions of human beings. One are those that now go towards the good uh, deed and the other uh, are those who go towards the bad deed. Mm. That in the sa'yakum nashatta, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that your efforts are different uh, and they're disparate. One goes towards the good and the other goes towards the evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever takes the initiative to go towards the good, they will be inspired and they will be prompted and they will be urged forward by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's And then whoever doesn't do that, and in fact the other, if they facilitate and initiate and stimulate themselves to do evil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make evil easy for them. So the rule is that if sin becomes easy for you to commit, then you have a severe problem. You must seek Allah's fadl, his rahmah, you must make tawbah, and you must come back to the straight path. And if Allah makes doing a good deed easy for you, then you know that you're on the right path, and you must seek Allah's fadl more, and you must be thankful for Allah's tawfiq. Which leads us into the next surah, which is what duha. As I said, these are elements of time. Fajr, shams, layl, duha. The early morning of the duha, when the sun is now almost rising to its death, zenith, and you see a lot of sun because starts to become hot, especially in the desert, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is when Allah's fadl is totally manifested. And it's a surah which uh, perhaps becomes a blueprint for studying seerah. If you understand surah duha, you'll understand that it is actually a blueprint for understanding the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, where Allah then enumerates his favors upon the Prophet ﷺ, that we found you to be an orphan, 
and we found you to be in need and we found you to be seeking guidance and then we provided all of these favors upon you so that you can see all of these favors in the open day in the duha where the sun is very resplendent and is going as i said towards its zenith and then the uh, ayah which perhaps becomes the 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 pivot of this surah is that you must express your Lord's gift and your Lord's ni'mah, uh, which is nabuwa, which is prophethood, which is wahi, which leads us to the next surah, which is al-nashrah, which is all about the Prophet sallallahu heart, Mubarak, and it's all about nabuwa, it's all about the knowledge that springs from the chest, the sadr of the Prophet As you know in Sirah, the Prophet's chest Mubarak was opened up and his heart Mubarak was cleansed. But more than that, the Mufassirun say that this surah deals primarily with what emanates from the sadr that is cleaned and purified. And what emanates from the sadr and the, the, the chest of a Nabi is knowledge. Pure knowledge, pristine knowledge, superior knowledge that mankind does not have access to. Only Allah's fadl, which is mentioned in Now Allah is saying, express this gift of nabuwa and prophethood and knowledge to people. And as you do that, you may face and encounter difficulties. So Allah says, in the ma'al usri yusra, that indeed with difficulties there is ease, and indeed with difficulty there is ease. So the path for prophethood is always going to be sometimes hardship, and then for a few moments, uh, good times, and some kind of relief. But that brings us to the next surah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that the Prophet وسلم, is the, the, the perfect human being par excellence. Mm. That as perfect as a human being can be, it is the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, which brings us to Wattin, where the pivotal ayah in Wattin is لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَ الْإِنسَانَ فِي that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created man and Adam al-Islam on the best of prototypes, the best of blueprints and the best of forms and the best of uh, uh, skeletons and the best of DNAs, whatever, uh, whatever you, you want to say about that. So no, what I'm saying is that you have a perfect human being in Muhammad sallallahu and then you have a representation of the human being that the human being now uh, can actually benefit himself if he knows how to. Yeah, obviously there, there, there are so many ayat here that I don't have time to explain, but you, you may want to think of what is the connection between the fig and the olive and the Mount Sinai and al Balad al Amin, going back to Surah Balad, going back to the perfect city and civilization. And so, what are the connections between those and that you can think of and you can discuss? Uh, obviously with knowledge, not without knowledge. You can't discuss the Qur'an uh, without knowledge. The Prophet said, Man Whoever makes the seer of the Qur'an with his opinion and with his thought and conjecture and speculation, then he should book himself a hotel in Jahannam, in hell. We, we don't do that. 
We always use knowledge as a premise for discussion, not mere khayal me ye he. The, the Quran is not about your khayal, it's not about your imagination, it's not about your thought, that in your opinion, your opinion means diddly squat if you don't have the knowledge to back it up. But anyway, what I'm saying is that the, 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 the human being then has uh, two, two abilities. One is to soar high into the heavens and become angelic. And the other is to go towards the lowest level of bestiality. And the way to reform this is through Iqra, which now goes into another set of uh, now what we call philosophical paradigms. First of all, about Iqra, I'd want to just mention to you is that what does Iqra mean to the Prophet that he didn't read and he didn't write. And when Jibril came to the cave, he didn't bring a book with him. There was no book in front of him. There was no takhti. Okay? There was no paper. There was nothing. So when Jibril is saying to the Prophet Iqra, he's not telling him to read the way we read today. So the first rule of tafsir is that what does this ayah mean to the Prophet once you understand that, then you can go ahead and make analogies based on how the Prophet ﷺ understood it. So the Prophet ﷺ did not understand Iqra to mean read from a piece of paper. There was no paper. Or to read from a book because he never read and he never wrote. So Iqra means something very different for the Prophet ﷺ, which uh, we don't have time to explain. But if you come to Dara Qasim, uh, you can learn all of this, inshallah, uh, in a setting and in a session with our tafsir, which is also online. Uh, alhamdulillah. But anyway, Iqra is the means by which Allah delivers knowledge to the best human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept the Nabi, the last Nabi, Ummi, uh, unlettered. Uh, so that he would have an, a universal appeal to all of human beings, whether you write or you don't write. And then Allah subhanahu also mentions that as a secondary now tool for learning, that he teaches with the pen. So in Islamic civilization, we have the oral tradition, and we also have the written tradition. So we read, and we write, and we explain, and we learn, and we teach by both conventions, the oral tradition and the written tradition. But the point of knowledge is not simply knowledge. The point of knowledge is to become close to Allah, which is mentioned at the very end of this surah, that your purpose of knowing is to make sajda and to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The very last ayah of the surah explains that you're not supposed to become Abu Jahl because you're smart and you have good leadership abilities. You're supposed to become humble in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you make sajda when you're in the most humble state and you draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that closeness is then experienced in Laylatul Qadr, which is the next surah. That in Suratul Qadr, you have this wonderful, amazing expression of Allah's fadl. 
and Allah's Rahmah and Allah's Jude and Karam, His generosity, that for this Ummah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran in the night of Qadr and He allows Muslims to benefit from this night of Qadr in such a way that if you find it, it will be better for you than a thousand months. For the Muslim Ummah, the word Qadr obviously has a sense of planning, has a, plan, has a sense of design, has a sense of appropriation, and so on. So the, 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 the ayat of the Qur'an gives you a worldview, and they also give you this sense of management, of planning. So if you are able to receive Laylatul Qadr, you will develop within you an insight which perhaps you may not develop in a thousand months. And this is the beauty and the genius of the early Muslims who resorted to ibadah for guidance and for inspiration. That their guidance and inspiration came through ibadah. That they worshipped Allah in salat. I don't mean community service. That's not ibadah. That's a technical discussion. But the early people, the Sahaba and the Ta'abin, the way they gained knowledge, insights, wisdom, foresight, planning, developing, looking to the future was through Ibadah. And this night is a night of Ibadah. And that's what the Prophet said we should do. And that's what he did. Once you get that uh, ability to understand how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works in this world, in time and space, then you will develop within you the ability to bring proof and evidence to people, which is the next surah, Surah Al-Bayyinah, that in this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delineates now kufr and iman. That unfortunately nowadays uh, some Roshan Khayal people have ideas that it's all the same and it's just morality. So this surah says, no, 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 no. It is not just morality, it is Iman. It is that you believe in Allah and the Prophet Muhammad as the last Prophet. And that is the bayina, that is the proof. Because if you believe in Allah and the Prophet then you are what the surah says, khayrul bariyah, the best of people. But if you don't believe in that, Huh? then you're not the best of people, you are sharrul bariyah, you are the worst of people. So this bayina is evidence that there is a distinct difference between Iman, Islam and Kufr. Hmm? There is no intersection there, it is very different. And that difference is going to be manifested on the day of judgment after the great earthquake, which is zilzal. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That whoever does an atom's amount of mustard seeds, amount of good, will see it in front of him. And whoever sees, whoever does and performs an atom's amount of mustard seeds, amount of evil, they will see it in front of them. So good and evil will become manifest on the day after the Zilzal, after the great global earthquake. This is how we see this now transitioning. And the way to develop and inculcate this ability to do good is to think about Allah's creation. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the qasam, the oath in the Quran so many times. So the reason for that, or one of the wisdoms behind it, we can't speak about Allah's reasons. Allah does what He wants to because He does what He wants to. We may uh, discover some wisdoms, some wisdoms behind why Allah uses qasam. Now, look at the horse, which is the next surah. The next surah talks about horses. So why is that so important? One is important to the Arab because it was the, the highest form of commodity for them in their days, uh, which is obvious. But more than that, the key ayah is uh, uh, that horses, when they engage and they follow their master's instructions, they dive into the deep end, to paraphrase the ayah. They are so loyal to their Lord and their Master that they dive into the deep end and they'll do anything the Master commands. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to human beings that you should be now, you know, thinking of the horses that you control, that if the horse is able to submit itself to you as a, a fallible, as a mortal, then you should be able to submit to Allah who is infallible and immortal. And then you will get a sense of what your khair and shar will look like on the Day of Judgment, which brings us to the next surah, Al-Qari'ah, which is the one that knocks you out of your balance. The Qari'ah, Qari'ah means to knock heavily. You knock hard on the door so that people hear you. This Al-Qari'ah will knock you out of your senses meaning the trumpet and the sound and the day of judgment. You will lose all your balance. It will be so imbalanced that mountains will fly as if it's carded wool. So in order for you to maintain balance huh, on the day of judgment, you have to think about the balance scales. And the way you do your balance scales is through good deeds. That you must maintain your balance by having good deeds in your scales. And if you don't, then you'll have bad deeds in your scales. Then you will fall and you will gravitate. And when you gravitate, you gravitate towards the inner pits of hell. Allah save us all and protect us all and give us Jannah, inshallah. Once you understand that, then you must think of death, which is what the next surah is. Because if you're going to maintain your balance scales on the day of judgment, then you must prepare. And the way you prepare is you think of death, which is the Prophet saying that uh, you must now um, increase your thinking of death because it uh, destroys all your pleasures. One day you're going to die. And when you die, you will have no more pleasure left. And that is now that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, Allahu Akbar, mashallah, there are just so many beauties of the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, mention a problem and He'll give you a solution to that problem. He doesn't leave human beings to think about the solution. He gives the solution. So the solution to thinking death and thinking about death is in the last few ayat, which talk about knowledge and certainty, yaqeen, that you must be certain you're going to die 
which is obvious. But more than that, you must be certain you're going to meet Allah. And when you meet Allah, He may just question you. Even for what we might call the most mundane of gifts that Allah has given us. All this is now summarized in one of the most magnificent surahs of the Quran, which is Surah Al-Asr. They're all magnificent. Imam Shafi rahimullah, says that if the only words received from Allah were this surah, then this surah would have been enough to guide all of mankind. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that quote. If you just think about what he's saying, that is mesmerizing. It is, there is so much guidance. But the key to surah al-asr, al-asr means declining time. So now we're in the declining phase of time. We're going towards the day of judgment and time is declining. Uh, which has, asr means something which is a nectar. Something that's extracted from a fruit is asir. It's a juice, it's extracted. So time has been extracted from eternity. And that's the, 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 the point here in, in using Surah Al-Asr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about time in so many different ways and places in the Quran is just amazing. But anyway, the key here is the word Tawasal. Tawasal means that you um, exhort each other as if you're going to die. The word wasiyah is there. Wasiyah is when, when do you give a wasiyah? When you're about to die. So you must give each other wasiyah in everyday life towards now the haq and towards sabr. And if you have that, then inshallah, you'll be on the right path. But if you don't give wasiyah through your tongue and through your action, then you'll be guilty of falling into a group of people who are just um, rumor mongers, which is the next surah, humuza, tale tailors, that they backbite and they go out and they tell people this behind people's backs in order to cause trouble here and there. That is not, not the way for good citizenship and definitely is not the way for a Muslim to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because if he does that, then Allah says, Wailun, doom be upon those people who inculcate this attribute of being, uh, you know, very evil. Yeah? And always looking towards the evil of people and towards backbiting and towards promoting filth uh, and in the community and saying, this is the ideal Muslim community. The more filth you have, the better the community. The more swear words you have and the more swear words you listen to, the more mature you are. SubhanAllah. Uh, you have a rating here. It's called mature. Uh, mature audience means there's more filth. So the more filth you have, the more mature you are. And this is totally antithetical to Surah Al-Asr, which is in the previous surah. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now gives us guidance throughout these surahs, uh, mashallah, alhamdulillah, which takes us to another set of surahs, the last ten surahs. Hmm. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his fadl gave us the last 10 surahs and obviously when we started from Surah Fajr and Balad where you have the civilization and the perfect town and perfect city for Muslims the perfect town perfect city is Makkah and you want to, we want to give you some uh, back 
background information about how this city develops for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is what I said, that these surahs, some of them, will give you the prototype and the blueprint for studying seerah. Surah Al-Feel, as you all know the story, uh, mashallah, is showing the reader that once you know the background to the surah, and this is the point of knowledge, which I mentioned, that if you know the background, your knowledge will climb over high mountains. But if you don't have knowledge of the background of the surah, then you'll be just stuck. Oh, and it talks about an elephant, it talks about some birds, and all of that. But no, when you say that there was a person who came to destroy the Kaaba, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you're not destroying the Kaaba because the Kaaba is the place where the last Nabi is going to build his civilization. And we will do everything to protect that Kaaba because we're going to give success to the last Nabi. His return is here to Mecca. And it is Mecca, after Mecca is conquered, that we have Darul Islam in the Jazeera. Without that, there is no Islam in the Jazeera. Medina is Medina. But the the Jazeera doesn't become Darul Islam until there is Fatih Mecca, until Mecca is conquered. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to the Prophet you don't have to worry about the Kaaba. Uh, that this is فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ in Surah Quraysh, which is the next surah. These two surahs, in fact these four surahs, they're all tied. Surah Fil, Surah Quraysh, Surah Ma'un and Surah Kawthar, they're all tied. They have very similar themes. Anyway, so once we protected the Kaaba and we protected Mecca, now the Prophet ﷺ comes there in the tribe of the Quraysh, where the Quraysh is seen as a leadership symbol, that the Quraysh were able to negotiate treaties, they were able to travel, they were able to get into business deals in Yemen, in Ethiopia, in uh, Syria, in uh, Egypt, and in Iraq and other places, and they were able to bring all the goods into Mecca to develop this very vibrant economic uh, uh, empire. And this is the leadership that Quraysh exhibited, and the Prophet ﷺ came from this tribe, the tribe of the Quraysh, meaning it is in the DNA of the Prophet ﷺ that he's going to come back and rule the Quraysh. And that is the meaning of فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Worship the Lord of this house. Which house? The house mentioned in Surah Fil, the Kaaba. If you worship that Lord, then you will get to your destination. But there are some problems. Uh, there are some hurdles, hindrances, obstacles. And that's mentioned in Surah Ma'un. Surah Ma'un basically represents the, the idea of how evil Abu Jahl is. It was revealed for Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl was a very miserly person. Although he was the most prominent leader of the Quraysh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't like him, the Prophet didn't like him. And he, he exhibited that he does not have leadership skills because of two things. One is that there was no element of worship in him. And number two, there was no element of generosity in him. That he deprived orphans of their rights and he would tell people not to give uh, food to poor people. And at the end of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that he would even deprive people of giving their neighbors an egg. Ma'un is a simple, small gift. 
uh, which is measly and is a kind, kind of, you know, nothing really to write home about. So this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are hindrances and we're going to remove this hindrance from you in Surah Al-Kawthar. Mm. At the end of the Surah, in the Shaniyakahu al-Abtar, where Abu Jahal and his progeny will not succeed. They will diminish. Whereas your progeny, even though you don't have any male children, you progeny in the form of your Sahaba, the followers, and the Ahli Bayt, they're going to be very, very successful. Why? Because we gave you Kothar. We gave you an abundance of Kothar goodness in this world. Uh, and the way you're going to procure and protect this goodness, which can also mean the Quran, it can also mean the two springs that uh, come out from Jannah is by way of uh, Salat and sacrifice. That you're going to do Salat, uh, you're going to engage in worship only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spiritual, that you're focused on Allah, you're not in community service. Then you do one har. That's the community service that you sacrifice. You sacrifice animals and you feed people. So this is the way you're going to preserve your legacy by doing this, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, mashallah, alhamdulillah, the Prophet was able to do this through Allah's tawfiq. And we are still sitting here because of his ibadah and because of his sacrifices and so on. Which leads us to, you know, surahs that are in a different, in a different way, where you have surah al-kafirun. Surah al-kafirun, is one of the most earliest surahs to be revealed and it talks about the separation between those who worship the way Muhammad worships and those who worship uh, the way other than Muhammad worships. That is the meaning of kufr in this surah. It does not refer to atheism as some wise uh, guy uh, wants you to believe. It has nothing to do with atheism, believe in Tawheed. It has to do with ibadah. La a'budu ma ta'budu. I don't worship what you worship. Wala antum a'abiduna ma a'abud. No, do you worship what I worship? Lakum deenukum wal yadeen. Your deen is different. My way of worship is different from your way of worship. And that is the key to Islam. That when you have Islam and you have now um, fortified and cemented your way of worship, then what happens? Allah's help comes. Allah's help comes to the community which knows how to worship Allah. That's when Allah's help and Nasr and Allah's Fatah comes. And when that comes, that hordes and hordes of people will enter Islam only because you know the way to worship Allah. And what's that way? Is not through speculation, is not through meditation, is not through your imagination. It is only through the way Muhammad worships Allah. That's the way you get Nasr, that's the way you get Fatah. And those who go against that grain is now symbolized in the next surah in the form of Abu Lahab. Which is the next surah, Lahab. That if, if, you, if you don't comply with the Prophet وسلم, and you disdain and, and, and you despise him, then you'll end up the way Abu Lahab ended up. And that is not a good place. Allah save us all and protect us all. And then finally, the last three surahs of the Quran, obviously, that they all have immense meaning. But Surah Al Ikhlas, uh, I don't have too much time, I have to go. 
Uh, I have about two, three minutes left. Let me see if I can finish. But anyway, as I said, on a normal day, if you want to take a, a surah, it'll take six to eight hours to explain the surah the way that I would like to explain. But anyway, as I said, uh, the, the people of Chicago, they, they expect miracles because Chicago is Sharif. Surah Ikhlas, Surah Ikhlas is about the oneness of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is totally independent. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need anybody. The word ahad, just as a clarification, is not sequential numbering. There are no numbers to the word one. When Allah says ahad, meaning there's no possibility of a two. So the word ahad, you have to be careful how you translate it. So you mustn't leave in the mind of the listener that there's a number two which follows ahad and Allah is that ahad. No, there is no concept whatsoever of another being with Allah. He is simply unique and alone and the rest uh, as I said you can read later inshallah listen to others later Surah Falaq Surah Nas end up the uh, uh, mashallah the, the end of the Quran is summarizes that in order to benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation you must concede that there are two types of evil evil is necessary for Muslims to appreciate and also to understand and also to uh, avoid so there are two sets. One are those that are in the horizon, that is mentioned in Surah Farah, and the other are those that are within ourselves, that they are psychological. Okay? So the ones in the horizon that people use, the evil that uh, uh, they can extract from Allah's creation, in, like in Surah Farah, which is witchcraft and everything else, and black magic, and using the moon, and using the knots, etc. So Muslims are given a protection through reciting this surah from that and also the inner psychological illnesses and problems that Muslims face in Surah Al-Nas where the Khannas comes in and destroys our ability to think clearly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a protection from that by this surah also. And alhamdulillah, uh, my time is up. I'm about done. I have to go. And Jazakumullah khair. This is... Um, a good beginning, inshallah, for us to hopefully continue. But I invite all of you to come to Dar al-Qasim, uh, go to the website, listen to my tafsir. I have 15 years of tafsir there, and you can browse through, through those at your leisure, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum.